She just wants to be beautiful. She goes unnoticed. She knows no limits. She craves attention. She praises an image. She prays to be sculpted by the sculptor. Oh, she don't see. Hello, Feel Podcast. Um, this is Melissa Crook, and I am the founder and host of the Feel Podcast. And I'm super excited to welcome you to our, not only is it our end of season two wrap up episode, but it is our one year anniversary celebration episode. We launched the Feel Podcast a year ago on um, July 14th, 2021. So we're a little late in the episode out to you. It's been a busy summer for all of us, but we just want to thank you all for being with us, for coming on this ride with us. And we're going to take some time to celebrate and share some favorite memories and sound bites and guests and just interactions that we've had in this first year of the Field Podcast. You're going to get to hear from several of our staff members today and several of our past guests as we share favorite sound bites. So we're super excited to share this episode with you and to celebrate this one year anniversary um, that we're all a part of. This podcast is the manifestation of a dream that showed up on a dream wall my husband and life partner Brady asked me to create with him on his birthday in the late winter of 2021. I am not a big risk taker by nature, but this was, and I am so proud of myself, thankful to my family, and especially to my amazing staff who've been willing to come on this journey with me because it would literally not be possible without them. So major shout out to Valencia San Luis for being my first yes to this ride, followed shortly after by Abby Bikel, who there would not be a website or Instagram without, and no edited episodes without Valencia. <laughs> um, we have grown to also have Charlotte Feehan, Jermaine Genty, Jessica Garrison, and Michaela Shirley on our team. And they're on this amazing ride with us now as Abby and Valencia have gone on to bigger exciting things, but are still connected with us here at the Field Podcast. We have been joined by amazing women from all over the country, bringing all of their thoughts, talents, and commitment to this endeavor. Thank you from the very bottom of my heart um, to my team and to my, our listeners for trusting us and me in believing in what we do. I mentioned some favorite sound bites in general, which was incredibly difficult because I love all the conversations I've had. I come out of every conversation with a like, oh my gosh, that was the most amazing thing. And I think it's the best thing I've ever done until I get to do it again the next time. And so every time there's a best thing. But I, I did identify a few favorite sound bites. One, if you want to go back and listen to it, it's in bonus episode one, revisiting boundaries with our season one guest part two, and that's with um, Sierra and Tim Crookshanken, and it's where they are talking about boundaries, and Tim cites guidepost as some language that he, he and Sierra both use around this, and it's just really, I think, really inspiring. So excited um, to share that with you if you haven't heard it before, or even if you had, it's a great reminder. I think the conversation around boundaries is absolutely essential, and can be so earth-shattering, um, the thought that there are limitations that certain people get into in terms of access to one another's life. And then when Sierra and I were considering this question, something that I thought was maybe a more uh, poignant way to describe 
our experience in marriage and in partnership is substituting the concept of boundaries, which communicates no, don't enter, mm. with the idea of guideposts, which is mm. here's how to navigate. Yeah. And this is very idyllic in that there are relationships and partnerships and marriages where maybe this doesn't apply because of varying con- contexts. But yeah. thankfully in our in our relationship, I almost want to say that there are no boundaries, but there are certainly guideposts. Mm. You're walking a cliff perimeter and you know, obviously I shouldn't cross that point. It's mm-hmm. depth and all that. But there are guideposts directing how to detour or how to navigate something that could be harmful to both one or the other. Sure. And I think in terms of partnership articulation about boundaries is why guideposts is such an important distinction for me is in the pursuit of full, whole, holistic vulnerability um, with my life partner. The ideal is that there is no place that Sierra could not go with me. Mm -hmm. And so I would rather frame that even the conversation when it comes to like between Sierra and myself, um, that creating guideposts is such a strong place to start. Mm. Um, inevitably if we start life and go through life. And then when Sierra and I met coming to the table with a lot of baggage and just different experiences, not even necessarily negative things, but some of that takes decoding and takes some careful treading and it's different terrain. And so how I would articulate the ideal um, part of what we've experienced is that there is no place that I would want a boundary to exist between Sierra and I in the pursuit of full and holistic and complete vulnerability. Our mentality seems to have been more around creating guideposts that help determine ways to navigate baggage and ways to navigate experiences and even mm-hmm. cultural differences and being from different parts of the country and yeah. et cetera. Um, it just seems that uh, framing that properly really helps set a strong precedent that the point is not to say no, it's to say, here's how. That, that's a way to, to continue progress and growth. And I think, yeah, to add on, just to add on to that, in that sense, early on, the way we navigated that, the analogy that I think we talked about, but then I had some really awesome people um, that we learned from, like, kind of re reiterate for us was uh, the idea of who we're both humans who have navigated this world. So we walked in with wounds and guideposts or, or healthy, you know, boundaries or the way that we operated with one another was saying like, I have these wounds and you have these wounds. So let's a not totally ignore them. We need, let's bandage those because Mm -hmm. I don't want to grab your arm. If, if you have a wound on your arm, Tim, it's not, don't ever touch my arm. It's Mm -hmm. know where this is. Let's put a bandage around it. Uh, don't try not to grab it hard because autom- like if you're a human and you're doing life with someone, you're going to accidentally poke those wounds, but it was yeah. communicating where those wounds were. So that it's, we put a bandage on it. We protect it. I know not to poke it or grab hard on it. And, and also conversely that we don't just tiptoe around it, that we just never talk about it or only heed to it. 
And so it's this really the analogy that we talked early on about is like, we're going to have wounds and I'm actually accidentally going to poke yours and you're going to poke mine. So when that happens, let's communicate about it. Let's put a bandage on it. That way I know that wounds there and I'm going to do my best not to poke it, not to grab, not to grab hard on it, to keep it protected. Cause I care about you. And so navigating that way, um, that way when, you know, there's things that do come up. I know about it. I know that that's a trigger point and that's okay. We're going to have those. Um, but I'm not being reckless about it. And and you can feel safe knowing I'm not going to grab that wound or poke it or on purpose or, or further any damage there. And so I think that's kind of the, the analogy that's been helpful for us in life is like, I'm vulnerable. You're vulnerable. We're these like squishy, uh, like exposed humans with wounding, but let me know where your wounds are and I'll let you know where mine are. And, and I trust you to tread lightly and you trust me to tread lightly because we care about one another, but we can also go there with each other. Um, so that's been helpful for us. And I think, and then that's, that's what it's looked like between the two of us Mm -hmm. regarding family. I think, well, Kylie and Courtney, if you're listening to this, Tim does love you (laughs) so much. Sees you as sisters, so no worries there. Um, But I think from my perspective, uh, what we've just done really, I think, well, and and how we've, and it's been hard sometimes and easy sometimes, but how we've navigated it is like, whoever's family it is, we are uh, letting them take the lead on the boundaries that do need to be set that don't need to be set how they want to operate. Um, because I think ultimately it's, it's what the person whose family maybe we're, we're spending time with or interacting with what they need. Um, and me as a partner, I'm just there to support what they need. Um, and I think early on it's, it was the idea of like, it's not, my job, if there's boundaries that do need to be set or whatever, it's not my job to protect on Tim's behalf or him to protect me on my behalf. We've been doing this much longer than the other. It's not my job to get like see give advice and say like, I think we should do it this way with your family or your friends or whatever. Um, but it, and it's not my job or, and it is my job to communicate if there's something that I need regarding those relationships, Mm -hmm. um, and working together to get that met and have me communicate it, but that's my responsibility. He's not my representative. Um, and just really respecting and honoring the way that the person whose relationship it is, as we were like bringing lives together, um, needed to navigate and then going from there. And what's been cool is like now Tim with like my sister's, or some of Tim's friends, like there's starting to be relationships that are not independent of one another because they never will be. But like Tim talks to Kylie and Courtney on his own now. Right. Or like through Tim's best friend will reach out to me on his own now. But because it was from this starting place of really healthy sense of um, following the lead of the other, of the relationship that that was, what that needed to look like, and then going from there. Yeah. 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 And then I think even our experience finally, I think is the, the realization of the multiple social layers that just inherently exist and having the proverbial lens to identify them where there are some people that Sierra and I share space with that we don't want to share space with (laughs) or seek to no longer at some point. And I don't know what part of our experiences would tell us otherwise, but there's such 
I just infrequently the opportunity to say no or the permission to say no. Mm-hmm. And especially inside of a partnership where if Sierra and I are together, it feels so simple and so um, very just like healthily na- navigatable. Yeah. And I guess the ability to recognize the multiple layers that that person gets this much access point, that person gets that this much, and then that person gets none. And yeah. that's something that that outermost layer that would basically get no access. That boundary is such a such an important one because it it creates the kind of cultivating space where our partnership, which is what truly matters to myself and then you know it's a Sierra and that in her way you can't have weeds in a, in a garden so you put up a fence yeah. you do. but different you know different um parts of the, the the garden need their own lane and they can still be in the same garden so it's boundaries are always nuanced and complex and layered yeah. and as far as we've experienced and some people just have to be out and they're not welcome yeah. and that's something that I think we are learning currently and have acted on in some regards, but are continuing to understand how to do just more and more and more because it's yeah. very easy to set guideposts with Sierra and myself. I think that's something sure. we feel strong in, but for some reason saying no and putting boundary to the people who frankly don't matter to us um, is still challenging. So I think there's also just the complexity and layers that go into boundaries that it's something that automatically would affect our partnership. Yeah. yeah. And I, go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say, just to kind of add on to that a little bit in a different lane, it was also learning that certain people were allowed into certain layers of my life, and that was awesome. But that didn't automatically mean they were allowed in certain to certain layers of Tim's life. Yeah, yeah. I think early on it was learning sure. because we have guideposts. Great doesn't mean that I then share boundary boundarylessly about Tim with people that I, I feel more intimate to. So some of my best friends, maybe my family and learning real, I think maybe after like some hard learns Mm -hmm. that uh, just because Tim shares something with me doesn't mean then all my people get to know and vice versa. Right. And navigating the ways in which I could talk about myself without having to talk about Tim and just what that meant for our trust and intimacy that like I was never sharing anything about Tim that wasn't mine mm-hmm. which was never coming off maliciously I was never sure that maliciously but it was like this is the person I spend the most time with and I care about yeah. so if they're struggling with something or something's happening to them I want to talk it through with my people but learning that there did need to be like t- Tim needed a boundary there even if I didn't and that was okay yeah. Um, of him to ask of me um, and yeah. vice versa. So I think that was important too. learning that like I boundaries with me, with my best friends look one way and, but sharing about Tim with them needs to be different um, based on what he needs um, and what feels honoring to him. Another favorite soundbite for me, bonus episode two, living out of your own expectations mashup has some great insight on how to live out of your own expectations as a woman, as a person that is just was really wise and insightful. Sometimes this makes me think of like the birth order that you're born in too, too. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I, I didn't 
and this was no one's fault, but like being the firstborn, I felt like it was harder to step out of the path that I was told to go down. Not that I really wanted to. My personality is very like, okay, I'm going to stay in line here. Um, I think that's but, an oldest thing too. <laughs> yeah. You're just kind of like, okay, I'm the first one to do this. So I'm going to do what people are telling me to do. And mm-hmm. I'm going to stay in this path because I don't want to ruffle anybody's feathers. Um, but then now that like I'm an adult, I think some of those, like what you guys were saying about you grow up, you get married, you have kids, you buy a house. Those kinds of things are coming up more for me now as a 30 year old. Um, yeah. Tony and I were never like, oh, we're going to have kids right after we get married. Well, we didn't get married till we we're 28 anyway. So right. we were older when we got married and we're just now having the conversations about potentially having kids. But, you know, you get this stigma in your mind of expectations society has put on people where mm. there's a certain order you have to do things in. And yeah. Like really, when you think about it, people do things out of order all the time and life goes on and it's okay. And I was talking to my friend who lives in Manhattan in New York City and like the way people live just in different communities, right? Like the idea of buying a house here in Seattle is wild and maybe not in the realm of possibility right now, Mm -hmm. but even in like New York city, dense populations, people don't buy houses. They rent for their entire lives. Right. So it's like, you kind of start to think, okay, the things that I do, as long as they're working for me and I'm happy and my partner's happy and we're fulfilled in what we're doing, like the expectations are not valued as much, I guess. Yeah. 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 I think it's really important that that's a really good, important separation because we've noticed that living throughout the country and it's like, we got locked into these ideas that were supposed to be the idea. And like, there's so many different ways you can do it, you know, and Mm -hmm. what feels right, content, good, peaceful for me. Another third favorite soundbite of mine, it comes from our taking care of emotional health as much as our physical health mashup in bonus episode four, as we wrapped up season one, that's with Stephanie Hunter from Seeds of Encouragement. And she talks about her journey with emotional and physical health is inspiring and really incredible, insightful, wise, intuitive, just really worth revisiting. Or if you haven't heard it, you need to hear it. Had a unforgettable journey when it come when it came to my mental health because I suffered with depression and anxiety for three years. Mm. And, um, you know, the Lord delivered me from all of that in 2019. Mm. And because I was in that dark place, that is my motivation Mm. to stay mentally healthy now Mm -hmm. because I, my, my, my first marriage, I actually was a preacher's wife Mm. and, you know, any of my preacher wives out there that's listening to me or anybody that's in a ministerial staff, you know, a wife of a minister, you know, that we have to wear a plastic smile often. Yeah. We cannot show how we really feel because all eyes are on us. We are constantly in the public eye when, when our spouse is up preaching or saying some type of, um, uh, you know, message or anything like that. People naturally look at the wife to see what the wife looks like and everything like that. So no matter what goes on at home, 
um, you know, you cannot reflect that. You cannot show that because you're in leadership oftentimes. Mm -hmm. So I ended up housing all of the stress that I was dealing with. Mm -hmm. And because I was also in an abusive relationship with that marriage Mm -hmm. and the, the, the irony of that. Yeah. I'm married to a preacher, but the preacher that I'm married to was physically abusive to me. And so having to carry that weight, but still show that plastic smile in front of everybody. So I've masked, I ended up mastering it Mm -hmm. because you don't want, you, you want to still protect your spouse because of the leadership role that he's in. And so that caused a lot of damage that I didn't even know was happening over the years. And so as I was housing that year after year after year, I realized, you know, my health start to fail me. Yeah. Because our bodies are not built to house stress. No. And we have to always have an outlet for that. Yeah. And I housed it so much that, rheumatoid arthritis set in wow and that's one thing that they'll tell you uh experts will tell you that rheumatoid arthritis one cause of rheumatoid arthritis is due to housing stress wow and and i deal with rheumatoid to this day rheumatoid arthritis to this day so this is basically i I had to give you that backstory because because i lived through all of that And I endured the depression and the anxiety. And finally, it just all broke. Mm -hmm. And then I I had to deal with all of that. And once I got better and I got well, I knew learning from, you know, I, I learned it the hard way. I knew that I could not allow myself to get to that place again. Yeah. And so that's why I'm so motivated. Mm-hmm. to make sure that I'm pouring into myself. I'm investing in myself with positive affirmations every day mm-hmm. or read, you know, like I was talking about reading inspirational word, um, word of God, praying, listening to inspirational music, because all of that mm-hmm. plays a part in self-care and helping with the health, mental health, yeah. and then also the physical with the eating. Because of the rheumatoid arthritis, that effect, you know, I stay inflamed. And so mm-hmm. I transitioned. I put myself on a 30-day vegan challenge. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah, believe it. Can you believe that? I, I challenged myself this past month to be vegan for 30 days. Mm-hmm. And wow, don't knock it until you try it. At yeah. first, it's like, how can I live without meat? How can I live without dairy? But as you do something more and more, it yeah. becomes easier. And so I needed that. Yeah. And so now I feel more energized. I don't feel, you know, sluggish after I eat something. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very fulfilling, but it's it's comforting yeah. to my health and everything. And so... I think it definitely goes hand in hand. Mental definitely goes with physical. You can't do one without the other. Um, Absolutely not. Diet is important. And so all of those things play a part in being able to be healthy, both mentally and physically. Yeah. And so, yeah. 
In terms of my favorite talking points, this is going to sh- seem preferential here, but it's my podcast, so I get to be preferential if I want to. Um, but my favorite talking point stretch was when I had my daughters, um, Sierra, Kylie, and Courtney, as well as my um, husband, Brady, on with me in season one, episode two, part two of that season. They were some of my first guests. I kicked it off in the first episode, sharing my vision about it. And then they came on right away with me. And in part two of this episode, they shared very vulnerably about a living out of their own expectations. And it was really so incredible for me to hear this from them as adult women in their 20s now. And just their vulnerability, their courage, things I learned about them that I didn't know that they had experienced that both made me sad that I missed it, but so thrilled that they were on a journey of healing with it, which is all part of this this journey that we're on. And I just learned some things about them that day that may not have come up in just a regular conversation around the table, but I'm so thankful that I got to hear from them and that they were willing to, to share with um, so vulnerably as we kicked off the podcast. And that continues to be one of our most popular episodes. Hello, Feel Podcast audience. This is Valencia here. You may remember me from season one as the producer and editor of this podcast, a guest on this podcast, and in season two, a host on this podcast as well. And today I want to highlight three of my favorite moments from the Feel Podcast that I still think about to this day. The first moment I'd like to share is from season one, episode two, Meet the Crooks, part two. Now, I highly suggest listening to both parts of that episode because the Crook family is an absolute delight to listen to, and each of them shares some pretty powerful points that really stick with you. Now, it's hard to choose just one segment of this particular episode to highlight, But I have to say, one of my favorite quotes comes from Sierra Crook, who speaks a lot on the topic of boundaries. Sierra mentions that she had a moment in the car with herself where she said, Sierra, you disappointing other people is worth you not abandoning yourself anymore. And I really, really loved that and resonated with that. The realization of like, Sierra, you disappointing other people is worth you not abandoning yourself anymore. You disappointing other people is not worth you abandoning yourself anymore. And that had to become true for me um, because I, some of it was like, oh my gosh, I care so much about this person. I want them to feel taken care of. I never want them to suffer. So I'm going to stay. Some of it was fear of perception. It was a whole gamut, but it came to the point of like through a truckload of therapy um and a lot of a lot of people fighting for me before I knew how to fight for myself and a lot of me learning I was all of me was worth fighting for um was the realization of like I will always I like you always have to choose to disappoint other people before you choose to disappoint yourself secondly I want to highlight Wendy Van Stone's episode which is season one episode 13 and what she said about expectations. I really loved what she said about how not having expectations of others has allowed her to show up with more compassion in her relationships and overall live a life that's more present and focused on embracing opportunities. 
frustrated at times, you know, when people just did not meet my expectations or when I didn't meet my own expectations. Sure. And I just learned at that time, I said, you know, it's kind of not, it's inhumane mm-hmm. <laughs> to, to expect people to be perfect or to have these, you know, expect that I should have these expectations for people or for myself instead of just going with the flow and enjoying the moment, you know, mm-hmm. and I just learned that I, embracing people means I'm going to embrace them with all their levels of, you know, imperfections, um, because I am committed to loving them and I'm committed to having this relationship with them. And, and that also goes for myself too. Yeah. You know, I mean, sometimes I get up and sometimes, you know, I'm going to be like, oh, today I just don't feel like doing, you know, X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. And that's okay, you know, because yes. sometimes we have to recharge. But then the next day I, I get up with, you know, all this energy, I'm going to go down that list and get it done. Um, I just feel that that to me is just being human, you know, just, yeah. you know, just, I, I feel like, you know, when you have these expectations on people, you put up, their, their defenses go up. Mm-hmm. And, and when their defenses go up, it doesn't bring out the best in them. It just brings misunderstandings. Yeah. And I, I was just very fortunate and I feel very blessed that I just got that from a very young age. Lastly, the third moment I would like to share is from season one, episode seven with Helen Dorado Alessi. I really enjoyed what she said about making a habit of creating and maintaining boundaries especially for people who are always inclined to help, which I definitely needed to hear. So I valued hearing that a lot. I just, just thinking about it brings me to tears. Yes. And, you know, we know Buddhist tradition says that everyone suffers and you're suffering because of attachment and to detach. But you know what's interesting about boundaries So many people have told me, Helen, you never stay in your lane. You've got to stay in your lane, Helen. And this is something about boundaries, you know, like I get into people's businesses. I listen. I want to know. I, you know, if I can help, I will help. But there comes a time where you have to become an adult for yourself. Yeah. You have to be your own advocate to yourself. Sure. You know, if you are an empathetic person, a compassionate person, somebody in the helping profession, right? We're attracted to the helping profession. Why? Because we're helpers. That's what our nature is. Yep. So it's almost unnatural for us to set up boundaries that are good for us. Yeah. So how do you make that something natural to yourself? It's like anything else. When you develop a habit, You've got to do it consistently and constantly over time. So it's like every morning, every afternoon, whatever time. And don't be so quick to say yes. Don't Mm. be so. Why do you have to be so quick to say yes? Because you get that jolt of feel good energy that you're the power hero for somebody else. I don't know. Maybe I'm being too harsh. No, but I think that's a great point. Like, and you're just as important. You should be more important to yourself than anybody else. And I am the worst at that. I am the worst at that. (laughs) And it's not because like, oh, look at me. I'm so wonderful. It's more like, 
it's more like I have to force myself to recognize that I deserve to be protected by me. Hey, listeners, Charlotte Behan here, social media specialist for the Feel Podcast. I can't believe it's been a year. We can't wait to see what the next season will hold for us. But for now, I wanted to reflect on some of my favorite memories and things about our podcast. First, I wanted to talk about being part of such an amazing team of women. We all bring so many great ideas to the table and come from diverse perspectives. And we're all so passionate about what we do here at Embracing Layers. I've loved learning from these amazing and intelligent women throughout my time on the show. My next favorite memory deals with the many topics that we discuss on our podcast. I always get excited when a new episode drops because I know each of our guests has unique insights relating to the talking points. Though each episode is based around the same ideas, many of our guests end up taking these talking points in very different directions. In our episode with Jessica, there were many important conversations about prioritizing mental health as much as physical health. You make that time to go to the doctor, you make the time to heal, you take the medicine that you need for pain or you know, you do the physical therapy or like whatever you need for that physical illness. We need to treat our mentality like that as well. I think if you need alone time or you need to be with other people, you got to figure out your medicine that you need to take or whatever it is you find among yourself. Yeah. No, I think you make a really good point. And I think that's been very historical in our culture. We make time to go to the doctor to get our physicals, but do we take, you know, do we make time to Find a therapist if we need it, or just take a mental health day and just be like, I just need some space to gather myself. And that's every bit as important because trust me, and I've talked about this many times, it will show up in your body physically some way or another. You'll either get sick or you'll just start having other symptoms. So yeah. Our season two, episode three guest, Megan Minerski, talked I think about part of all our what I understand now is that like, we as humans try so hard to avoid discomfort. We run we away will, from it. What can this, how yes. can I make this go away? Exactly. Like no matter what it is, if it's guilt, if it's shame, if it's anxiety, like sadness, like we need to find anything to put a bandaid over this and, mm. and make it go away or to anticipate that it's going to occur and to do something to make it go away. And I think that's the space that I was in in college where I was like, mm. I am so anxious. I will do anything to get rid of this right now. And a lot of times we're like in this space where we're just struggling with it and we're like, I'm going to push it away or I'm going to, you know, avoid situations so I don't have to experience it. But the more we struggle, the more the emotion grows or other emotions yeah. kind of come up from it. You know, learning that emotions are guidance. And if you're feeling uncomfortable, like that's not something you have to avoid. Every episode has such valuable insight, and I find myself learning a lot from everyone. Many of the topics were things that I found to be incredibly important, but I hadn't really thought about a lot of these topics prior to my time working here. My all-time favorite memory on the Field podcast has been having the realization that I found a community where I felt understood. Working on this podcast gave me realizations and made me think a lot about who I let into my life and what boundaries I have in place for myself. 
This was something that I really loved about Jermaine's episode a layered because she spoke about it in a way that the really boundaries resonated and expectations with me. that you have. What is kind of effect does that have on your relationships? I think that allows me to have deeper relationships because if I can be honest with myself, I can be honest with the people that are close to me, but it gives me more room to deflect relationships that don't serve me mm. so that I, I it makes me see myself and my emotions and my aura my surrounding space everything of me sure to see it as sacred mm. and to see it as a place that I will not allow everyone into it makes me more selective about the people that I allow in mm-hmm. but for the people that I do allow in it makes it possible to have a deeper connection deeper conversations and a deeper understanding of each other a more free sort of relationship friendship where I can truly be myself without calculating what to say calculating how to behave how to act how to be and gives me that space to be myself this realization was something I had during our weaponized gratitude episode All of us staff members involved in that episode really bounced off one another so well, and we had some really important conversations that needed to be had. It was so much fun. I learned a lot about not only my team members, but myself as well. I am so thrilled to be part of this amazing podcast, and I'm excited to see what season three brings. Thank you, everyone, for all the support this past year, and happy one-year anniversary to the Field Podcast. I am the feature blog writer for the Field Podcast. One of my favorite moments from this season comes from the episode Being an Educator in Uncharted Times from Part 2. I liked when all of the teachers were discussing setting boundaries when the boundaries between work and personal were blending. That really resonated with me because this is the first job I've had that was completely remote and I've had to learn myself how to deal with working a full-time job somewhere else, working this when there's no real time limit or time to be spent on certain things, time spent like in the office. And that's what teachers had to deal with as well. So I thought that was interesting to hear from a different perspective in a different position, but still having to do with something that I work closely with. My roommate is also a teacher. It helped me understand a perspective that she may have as well. And I know that she she has struggled with this. So that was important for me to kind of help understand where she comes from a lot of the time as well. And so having to learn to say no, I and I actually had to like last school year, I got really strict about it with myself saying, you know, it's, I'm leaving at this time. Yeah. And that's my goal. And, and I'm going to stick to it. And some days I was successful and other days not, but just cause I'm, I'm not an early bird. Me so either. I hear you. Haley will tell you, I, um, I roll into the school about 10 minutes before the bell rings. Um, I'm like waving to the parents in the carpool line. Like, yep, it's me. Um, don't worry. I'll be there by the time your kids get there. It's fine. It's fine because I stay a little bit later and I have all of my stuff already prepared for the next day. Sure. Um, so you know, making sure that everything is done, but again, being like, no, I've got to get out of here. And like my husband knows, like, I do not bring schoolwork home. The only time I do is when it's like report card time. Sure. 
and I'm in a crunch and I have to do some grading and report cards. And then it's like, you know, a couple of nights every school year where I might be like that, but just really like setting those firm limits on, I need to be out of here at a certain time. And when I leave, I leave. Right. Because I don't want to, you know, it's, it's, I work to live, not live to work. My second favorite moment I would say was part of having a conversation about weaponized gratitude. That was an episode I was part of with Charlotte, Abby, and Melissa. And I liked when Charlotte was speaking in the beginning of the episode about dealing with family, weaponizing religious gratitude against her. That was a perspective I had never heard of before, really. It just was interesting to listen to and hear her speak on having to deal with this for a while in her life. And that's something that you never guess or think about, like looking at somebody. So I thought that was a different perspective she brought to the table. And I really admired that she was very open about it and vulnerable with her feelings. Everybody was in that episode. So I was really grateful to be a part of it. And it was a comfortable space to share our conversations. Yes, they're important, but it kind of loses its meaning when we tell people that they have to feel a certain way or when you kind of try to weaponize it against somebody to make them feel a certain way. Yeah. And so what I was going to say is like one example I can think of, I have, I think usually like two that I can think of off the top of my head. But the first is a lot of the time with my grandmother, every time we talk, I feel like she kind of has a very different attitude about gratitude than me. And mm. I think it is definitely like, a generational thing. But mm -hmm. a lot of the time I find her kind of saying things like, Oh, when I was your age, you know, I would have been this way, or I would have been that way. Or kind of, you know, if I don't seem 100% grateful in a certain moment, she's like, Oh, there's so much to be grateful for. And, you know, she's also very into her faith. So she uses that mm -hmm. sometimes as an explanation, or will be like, aren't you thankful of what God's given you and things like that. And not saying I'm not, but it's just sometimes the way she frames a lot of conversations doesn't leave room for anything else. And mm, that's something yeah. I feel like I got into a lot of like my own headspace where I was like, I, why am I not feeling this way? And I think it's important, like you said before, we can definitely feel more than one emotion at a time. And I mm -hmm. feel like we also get into trouble when we try to limit ourselves or contain ourselves to one box. Like I have to feel a certain way. And I think a lot of the times the reaction to a negative emotion is that defense mechanism of like, aren't you grateful? Aren't you thankful? You have so much, something like that. And I feel yeah. like that's something she does a lot. And I definitely do think it has to do with her generation and kind of the way mm -hmm. she was raised. But I feel yeah. like I'm very much different from that. So I kind of notice these things. My third favorite moment comes from the most recent episode, Thinking outside the box with Lori Rice Spearman. She is such a powerful figure. And she spoke about a lot of the times being the only woman at the table in her field and how sometimes she has to forget about that, bring her best self to the table rather than thinking of having to represent all women because that's too much pressure to put on somebody. That's a lot of pressure to put on somebody and you can't have that on your shoulders when you're trying to make a difference and be a good leader and be a good and make a good change. You just 
have to bring your best self and change the world that way. I thought that was important for her to say because I couldn't imagine being in her position and feeling like this one thing you say is going to represent like all women. And if she's not a good leader, then no, this is why women shouldn't be in positions of power. But I think she really handled being on the podcast and speaking her words very well because she does have a big audience and a lot of listeners. She makes a big impact. So I thought that was really special as well. And I'm glad we could have her as a guest. I think that was one of our best episodes so far. I want to acknowledge the commitment that it took from our chancellor, Ted Mitchell, to realize that diversity is important, particularly mm-hmm. diversity around the leadership table. And I, I'm grateful that that recognition um, is there, that mm-hmm. as many diverse opinions and thoughts and approaches to solving complex problems, diverse voices need to be heard. Um, That is so important. And so I want to, he's been a wonderful mentor to me. And I just want to acknowledge the value of that and how Mm -hmm. important that is and how I in turn, as I am building leadership teams across all six of our campuses, being very intentional myself of making sure that we are building diverse teams because Mm -hmm. therein lies our ability to solve difficult problems, making sure that all the voices are around the table and are being heard and that we are having different styles of solution-focused individuals around the table. Hi, everyone. My name is Michaela, and I am the assistant social media and writing analysis for The Field Podcast. And today I wanted to give you guys my top three moments thus far and Three of my favorite moments so far have to be, one was my interview with Melissa, Abby, and Valencia back in December of 2021. I had just applied to the social media specialist position. And so I remember that the interview took place on a Tuesday evening. And I remember being very nervous upon going into this interview because usually that's how I normally am with interviews because you don't know what to expect from them, what questions are going to be asked. And this was the first time I believe that I've ever had an interview with three people. So that made me even more nervous, not knowing what questions were going to be asked, how it was going to go and the length of time in which the interview was going to be. But surprisingly, the the interview went over well and I was very comfortable talking with Melissa Valencia and Abby they are all great people. They were just very nice and friendly and made me feel very welcome in a part of the team. Even though I wasn't even given the position, I was just so grateful for them being, you know, so patient and kind with me. And I appreciate them taking time to interview me and getting to learn more about me. And um I just thoroughly enjoyed the interview and just wanted to get to know them more after that interview because I just felt very comfortable talking with them. They really made it very easy for me to open up to them in ways that I normally don't do in interviews. So I was very thankful for that, that they made that process much easier on my part. And my second favorite moment has to be the first time in which I met Charlotte, who eventually became our social media specialist. Now, Charlotte was so gracious to help me work Adobe Premiere Pro, 
which I had no prior experience in. So I really appreciate her taking the time out of her days to go over working Adobe Premiere Pro and showing me how to utilize it while showing me using a film project that she was working on for school, how to use it and the many tools that come along with this application and how we're supposed to work it. So I thank you, Charlotte, for that. And I just thank you, Melissa, for giving me the opportunity to shadow Charlotte because this is going to really help me out in the long run. And I just really appreciated that. And my last favorite moment has to be the meeting in which we said our goodbyes to Valencia. Now, even though Valencia is no longer a part of the Phil podcast team, she is still in our spirits and we still consider her family on the team. And I'm just so proud of all the work that she's been putting in since I've gotten to know her in the last year. And I'm just excited to see what else is in store for her as time goes on. And I just appreciate her for even putting the social media specialist position out there on LinkedIn, because that's how we were able to connect with one another and how I learned about the Phil podcast. I hope that we continue to stay in contact with one another and that we are able to find ways to continue to have her to be a part of our team in some capacity, as well as Abby too. And so that meeting was just great overall, because not only was it a very bittersweet moment, I think for Valencia, but also for Charlotte too, because we were congratulating her on graduating college. So that's a very exciting moment for a um, a college student. So um, congratulations once again, Charlotte, on that. And yep, those were my top three favorite moments. Um, I look forward to continuing to work with the Phil podcast Hello, and see where this position takes and me. And I was on the original crew of the field podcast and i cannot believe it's been a year it's been crazy um but my three favorite moments had have to be starting everything i think you know working with melissa and valencia has or was really great i really loved meeting with them and just like pulling everything together and like strategizing everything and figuring out how things were going to go what types of topics we were going to talk about and just like kind of like bringing everything to life. I think that was like my ultimate favorite moment, just talking through all these different things and really helping Melissa's vision come to life. And that was like one of the main things for me is like Melissa was so passionate about creating something so wonderful and I wanted to do everything in my possible power to like help her um, bring anything that she wanted to due to life. Um, so that was like one of the main things that I really loved. I loved working on the social strategy. I loved working on the branding. I think that was my second favorite piece. Um, I was like fresh out of grad school and like, I was so eager to use what I learned in school, um, like out in the real world. And so like Melissa gave me that like opportunity. She like took a chance on me and was like, yeah, go ahead, go for it. It was like my first gig and like my first everything. And I was so excited to like really, you know, take everything that I've learned in school and like make something really great out of it. And um, I was so happy to like start my career with the Field Podcast. So 
getting that opportunity from Melissa was really um, an amazing piece. I loved just being able to create the branding and create the colors and, you know, the social like media accounts and the website and just like kind of putting everything together was really fun for me. So that kind of, that was like my second favorite moment. And then my third favorite was just like being able to listen to so many different stories and so many different um, experiences that people have gone through and just being able to learn and educate myself on different ways to like become a better person and for myself and like ways to kind of view things differently and kind of like go about the go about things differently as far as like how I take care of myself and like how I put myself first and like really learning about boundaries for myself and like honestly it's really changed me as a person just like listening to, through all the podcasts and listening through like everyone speak and like you know even recording a podcast too that I loved that that was so fun I loved doing that and being able to share like my experiences and my journey through people to like make a difference and to kind of um help influence other people to do whatever they want to do and like be passionate about stuff and just being a voice for some people that may not have one, if that makes sense. So that was like another piece that I really loved about the podcast or really love about the podcast is being able to talk about things that are not normally talked about and creating a space to have these conversations. And I think having this be out, you know, in the world is something that's really powerful and can really change how people view things and how people go about certain situations. Uh, but yeah, those are my top three favorite moments. I just want to thank Melissa and thank Valencia for, you know, starting off a great podcast with me and like letting me be a part of um, such an amazing podcast and such an amazing project and passion. And so like a huge shout out to the current people that are working on everything. I think watching everything grow and bloom and become what it is today is just like really amazing. And I'm just so happy to be a part of it all. Thank you. Hello, Phil Podcast. This is Jermaine here. I am currently the editor of the Phil Podcast. I am lucky to have been introduced to feel by Valencia. She definitely set me up for success uh, to work with her. And then once she left us, unfortunately, but fortunately, <laughs> I was prepared to take over. So it has been great. I'll list a few of my favorite moments. One of my favorite moments is definitely being able to work with Valencia as we are good friends. And she is absolutely a pleasure to work with. I really loved being introduced to the rest of the team because everyone is a pleasure to work with and really getting to collaborate with amazing women has been a joy. Another one of my favorite things about working on the podcast is just getting to hear different perspectives. Hearing different guests talk, I get to really listen closely as I'm editing and I really enjoy being able to clean up the episodes. It keeps my creative wheels turning. And at the same time, it allows me to hear from people that I might not have heard from before. So I really enjoy being on the field team and empowering not only women, but all people.
Thank you all for listening and thank you for an amazing season two. If you haven't already, follow us on social media and check out our website. There is certainly much more to come. I want to thank all of our guests from our first year. And yes, I'm going to name every one of them because without them, we're not here celebrating our first year with you today. Um, Brady Crook, Sierra Crook-Shankin, Kylie Crook, Courtney Crook, Valencia San Luis, Abby Bakel, Danielle Demetria East, Joy Drake, Helen Dorado Alessi, Elizabeth Fisher Good, Stephanie Hunter, Kaylee Ife, Megan Vanstone, Wendy Vanstone, Christy Martinez Garcia, Tim Schenken, Kristen Hubdy Miller, Amy Stewart Vandermoss, Stephanie Fell Stout, Eileen Christensen, Ellie Christensen Woolwine, Taylor Christensen, Riley Christensen, Caleb Ledford, Kaylee Blankenship Scott, Charlotte Feehan, Megan Vandermoss Aulis, Megan Minerski, Deanne Wells, Jermaine Genty, Jessica Garrison, Jamie Wheeler, Clay Kennedy, Morgan Kirkpatrick, Nicole, De- Nicole Denardo Gray, Morgan Bell, Brianna Campbell, and, ha- and Hakeem Rahim with that was our great mental health episode that Valencia hosted back in May. Go back and listen to it. It's really good. Um, and just most recently, Dr. Lori Rice Spearman. What an incredible conversation I got to have with this trailblazer. All of these, all of these conversations, amazing. All of these conversations were people trusting me to come on and talk about these topics and being willing to share and put that out into the world. And I'm just so thankful for them and so thankful for you listeners that have hopefully learned and will continue to learn as we get ready um, to bring you season three in September. We are going to take some time off during the month of August, um, but you feel free to go back and re-listen to episodes. We'll still be active on our Instagram. We've also, my great staff is also um, going to put us onto TikTok, Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. So we're continuing to um, in, increase our reach and and try to find all the women and people we can to share this, this message with. Um, we're just con- excited to all those new things coming. Um, I've got some great guests already lined up for you in season three that I'm going to be talking to over the next six to eight weeks. And you're going to get to hear from them starting in mid-September. But we just are so thankful again for you audience. So thankful for my staff. So thankful for every amazing guest and every person who's ever logged in, listened, um, checked out our website, followed us on Instagram. Thank you to you all. And may we all continue to find empowerment and embrace all of our beautiful complex flares. Have a great week. Thank you so much for joining us and we'll see you in September.